0: We've been going through um, a series on the identity of Jesus, and we've gone through, uh, I think the first one Dan did was the bread of life. Uh, Ryan did, um, the word became flesh, and then last week Dan took us through Jesus when he says that I'm the light. This week, I'm going to be talking on the good shepherd. So can we uh, flick on our devices to John 10 verse 11? I'm going to be reading from the CSB, Uh, it should be up there. Oh, sorry, that's a bit small. Maybe you can read it. All right, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, since he is not the shepherd and doesn't own the sheep, leaves them and runs away when he sees a wolf coming. The wolf then snatches and scatters them. This happens because he is a hired hand and doesn't care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. I lay down my life for the sheep, but I have other sheep that are not from this sheep pen. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. Then there will be one flock, one shepherd. Amazing scripture. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for for what it is that you have um, done, th- done with, with, uh, with our lives. Um, we thank you, Jesus, so much for what it is that you came and did on the cross. Um, we thank you that you are our shepherd, that you, you are not distant, you are not far away, but you are close, you are right next to us, and we thank you so much for that. Pray that this morning um, people wouldn't hear my words, but they would hear your words. In Jesus' name, amen. All righty, so why do you think Jesus uses the whole analogy of a shepherd, why? Why do you think that's um, important? Uh, interestingly, the, the verse, sorry, the chapter before this, Jesus just healed a blind man, and he um, he got a bunch of questions thrown at him after this. This blind man was healed. He, uh, he people were saying, "Is this? Who is this guy? Who is this man that can just heal blind people? You know, is he um, the son of God? Is he is he the King, the promised King, the Anointed One?" And um, Jesus answers this in the next chapter by telling this parable, the parable of the good shepherd.
1: And it's amazing because
0: he uses the the terminology of shepherd um, to answer the question, is he the king? And uh, do you guys know who the most famous Jewish king was? Let's see. Yeah, David. And what was David before he was a king? Exactly, he was a shepherd. And I love that. I love that Jesus uses that. As a way to prove his kingship, as a way to prove who he is, is he speaks about himself as the shepherd king. and Jesus um, and sorry, and David was kind of like a, a foreshadowing of what was to come in that sense. And it's so important that a king understands what it means to be a shepherd. And I think that's the very reason that David was the most famous king was because he understood what it mean, meant to be a shepherd. Um, he's showing him that the heart of a shepherd. Sorry, he's showing them that the heart of a shepherd um, is a king's most important quality. And David understood what it meant to be a shepherd. He knew this before he was a king. We can see this uh, in Psalm 23, the psalm that everyone knows pretty much off by heart. The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. In some translation, it's um, I shall not want. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, for you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. So the, the Jewish people would have known this psalm. This is something that they would have learned. They would have known this. So when Jesus referred to himself as as the shepherd, they would have. these are the kinds of things that would be popping up in their heads. Like, oh, wow, okay, cool. So he's not just this king who's going to come and rule with like, might and power and just kind of just rule like in a military sense, but he's actually the shepherd king like David was. Hearing Jesus speak of himself as a a shepherd would give hope to the faithful that the anointed one has arrived. Uh, It would probably offend the religious. They'd be like, who is this guy? Who does he think he is claiming to be king, you know, claiming to compare himself to David? But uh, everyone else was just like, whoop, there he is. I have some tea here. I hope you guys don't mind, but I'm sick, as you can hear. My voice is a bit funny, and I'm on the verge of coughing basically the entire time. So I've got this little special tea, so if you see me sipping, I apologize. It's <laughs> better. It tastes horrible, but it does the job. All right, so secondly, the shepherd analogy speaks of a relationship. Um, the ancient Middle Eastern shepherd would have known his sheep individually. Um, and that's how, that's how Jesus approaches us. He doesn't approach us as a ruler who rules over us. He approaches us as a shepherd who knows us. He knows each and every single one of you. He knows us all individually, the same way a shepherd knows his sheep. I want to show you, um, I want to show you two pictures. The first picture is a modern shepherd. All right, I'm going to have to go over here because I don't know if you guys will see this. Can you see these little like black spots over here? These little guys over here are sheepdogs. And this over here is the shepherd, I think. And you can see what's going on there, right? The shepherd is controlling the sheepdogs, yelling commands at them and getting the sheepdogs to herd the sheep through that gate. Now, the funny thing about that is, is that it's such a modern way of thinking, actually. Driving forward, you know? Um... Often the voices in our lives are like this shepherd, are like these sheepdogs. They drive us forward into our future. They kind of drive us into into what it is we think we're we're headed for. Um, But they do it through fear. In the same way these dogs are scaring these sheep, you know, they're going low and they're chasing them around and they're barking and that kind of stuff. The sheep are afraid of the dogs, and so they actually go where they want to go. Um, And I wonder if we are like this sometimes. We allow fear to be the driving force in our lives. We're afraid of something, and so we use that as the thing that, that pushes us forward in our lives. Um, I think that's completely wrong, and this picture of a shepherd is not the picture that Jesus wants us to see when he speaks of himself as a shepherd. That's not what we're supposed to be seeing. So many, there's so many different things in our lives, the voices that can cause us to, to, to live with this fear. One of them is a fear of not having enough. I have a little slide there. And that psalm we just read, it's quite, a, it's quite amazing. The Lord is my shepherd, I have what I need. So instead of us being driven by fear of not having enough to work, we, we now can flip that around and say, I actually have freedom to work because the Lord is my shepherd. And I have what I need. So I can actually use that. I can hear the voice of my good shepherd calling me into my destiny. As opposed to a voice of the world telling me, you're not going to have enough. You need to work harder. What about anxiety? You know, living without peace. What about that? Psalm 23 verse 2. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. I think this is a big one. I think most of us at some point in our lives have experienced this kind of feeling of anxiety, this feeling of not knowing what's coming up and being a little bit afraid of that. There's fear. Anxiety and fear are besties. They really love each other, you know? Um, And right there, Psalm 23 verse 2, speaks about the peace that that, that the good shepherd brings. What about the fear of the future? In verse 3, it says, He renews my life, he leads me along right paths for his name's sake. Um, this is an interesting one because I think most of us have some elements of fear in, in terms of like what happens when, blah, blah, blah. And I don't think that's completely wrong in terms of, you know, you you the future can often look big, right? If I think of my own life, I think like, I know God's called me to big things. I know that there's there's things in my life that I need to be like, no, I'm not going to be afraid of those things. Um and, and to know that he renews my life, he leads me along the right paths for his namesake, to know that he is the one that I can put my trust in when I think about these things is so freeing because then it no longer becomes about me and it no longer becomes about me and my talents or my gifts or my character, all those kinds of things to get me there. Those things grow as we grow as Christians. It's more about Jesus' voice guiding us and leading us. Someone said... Um, Jesus doesn't call the equipped; he equips the called. Um, and it's so important. I think we can disqualify ourselves very quickly if we focus so much on what we aren't. That when we look into the future, we think, "I'm not. I'm not that person." That, that people, uh, the prophetic word that someone gave me tells me, "I am. I'm not that person." And so we disable ourselves in that. And then the last one: uh, fear of suffering and hardships. This is a big one as well. Um I think a lot of people will avoid things because they're afraid that it'll bring some sort of darkness to their lives, some sort of suffering. They 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 won't move to a new country because they're afraid of what that could look like. Um and even just fear itself, you know, I think fear can become almost like this personified thing in our lives. It's almost like this shadow that follows us around. And um in verse 4 you know, David writes there, or sings, I don't know, exactly know. He probably sang and then some scribe wrote it down. Sing for you with this voice? Nah. Uh, Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So it's amazing how you know these things in our lives so often have to do with the fact that we're listening to the wrong voice. We're listening to the voice of fear, we're listening to the voice of the world, we're listening to the voice of other people... Um, of social norms, of culture. All these other voices are the things that are driving us forward as opposed to the one voice that matters, which was Jesus' voice. That voice should be the one that leads you into your future and calls you. And when he calls you, he is actually saying, I'm calling you and I'm giving you what you need to, f- to complete this journey. It's amazing. Let's look at the second picture. Now, that's a completely different picture. I mean, that's completely flipped around. I don't even see any dogs. There might be dogs, but I, I don't see any dogs there. And that guy is leading those sheep. And, and when you read the word shepherd in the Bible, that's what you need to picture. You need to picture that because those sheep are following him. Um, and and that's, the, that's the picture that we should be seeing. <clears throat> Sorry. I got the black lung. The Middle Eastern shepherd calls his sheep, he leads the way. His sheep know his voice and trust him. And when you understand that Jesus is a trustworthy shepherd, you don't have to be fearful. He never drives us out of fear, but rather calls us by name to follow him into our future. Um, I was listening to this guy speaking on a YouTube video. He went and spent a few nights with a Bedouin shepherd family um, in the Middle East somewhere. And he was just telling the story the one night he went out. And in this family, the girls were the shepherd. This guy had a whole bunch of daughters, and he trained them to be shepherds, which I thought was quite cool already. Anyway, so the girls go out, and he went with them, and the brother came along because the dad was like, y- you know, these are my daughters. This is a bit weird. So anyways, the brother went along, and, and the one girl uh, took these, um, this little flock of sheep that she had and put it in the sheep pen. And then other shepherds came, and they did the same thing in the same pen. And now there's one sheep pen and multiple sheep in there. And this guy's thinking, like, this is going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting thing tomorrow to sort out whose sheep goes where, and is this guy going to steal my sheep, and all this kind of stuff. Um, Anyways, and then she goes and lies down across the entrance of the sheep pen. And that's where she slept that night, because she was protecting the sheep from two things. One, from running away, from leaving the the flock. And secondly, she was protecting the sheep from predators. And um, I thought that's such an amazing picture. And, you know, and Jesus says as well that I'm the gate. And I know I'm not supposed to be preaching on that as well. But yeah, Jesus says, I'm the gate. And it's so incredible to see that when he spoke about that, they would have had this picture in their minds of the shepherd lying across the gates of the sheep pen, preventing predators from coming in, but also protecting the sheep from, from leaving and running away. Um, anyway, so the morning comes, he wakes up and this girl gets up and just starts walking, and then she just starts calling, and these sheep just come. Every single one of her sheep. She didn't even have to worry that the sheep wouldn't come because the sheep knew her, the sound of her voice. Literally knew, knew who she was and, and who they were in that moment. They knew they belonged to her, and, and the sheep just followed. I thought that was a very cool little story. All right, Luke 15 in the CSB again. This is the parable of the lost sheep. All the tax collectors and sinners were approaching to listen to him. And the Pharisees and scribes were complaining. This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man among you who has a hundred sheep and loses one of them does not leave the ninety-nine in the open field? And how cool that we sang that song, Reckless Love, this morning, Right there in that song is that, that thing about Jesus coming to find find the one. So he does not leave the ninety nine in the open field sorry, he does leave the ninety nine in the open field and go after the lost one until he finds it. When he has found it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders, and coming home he calls his friends and neighbors together, saying to them, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who don't need repentance. You know, Jesus cares about the one who is lost. You know, he cares about us all, but he cares about the one who is lost. And maybe you are that one today. Maybe you're feeling a little bit lost. Maybe you're feeling far away from the voice of Jesus. Maybe fear has been the driving voice in your life. Um... You know, maybe it's been there for so long that you actually don't even remember what peace feels like. Uh, maybe your circumstances have been so horrible that you feel like you've lost your way, that maybe you feel like Jesus has given up on you. The shepherd has forgotten about me. He's left me out in the wilderness. Well, you're in the right place because <laughs> uh, clearly you've heard some kind of call. You've heard some kind of voice to bring you to this place today. And Jesus is calling your name. Um, he's calling your name And he's saying it's time to let go of that fear and it's time to take hold of me, to take hold of the good shepherd. He is the prince of peace after all, you know. I love that Jesus was a friend of the sinner. I think that's so cool. Um, There's something special about that because, you know, there is a religious mindset, I think even in, in the church today, actually. Specifically in the church today, and we got a little message on the on our staff WhatsApp, and we're doing this thing called the um, appreciation dinner. And what we do is we welcome people in who are different to us. Um, we welcome people in who who are. In a way, a lot of these people would be the outcasts of society because they don't fit in some sort of class, you know. And so we welcome these people in and we feed them and we care for them and we love them and we have a dinner where we appreciate them. It's, it's the it's the it's the men and women who are in the service industry in Dubai. It's it's builders. It's, it's these kinds of men and women who who don't have people who care for them who are like in in the scripture, they are like the lost sheep. They maybe do feel overlooked and forgotten. And what we want to do as a church is we want to actually bring these people in and show them that we care about them. In the same way Jesus cares about that one sheep, we need to be caring about those one the ones and twos. I think that's so cool. Um, Jesus looks inside and searches for the gold that is hidden inside there. So when he is hanging out with the tax collectors, when he's hanging out with the prostitutes, he's not seeing them From the outside like the rest of us do he's looking inside and saying there's gold inside of you and he is wanting to pull that out and i think that's such an amazing picture of how we should approach people regardless of who they are i think everyone has gold inside of them god has put some gold inside each and every one of us and we have this amazing opportunity to be like jesus and call that out of them this is what jesus did all right i have a um i have a video Uh, But while they get it ready, I hope that the audio doesn't go crazy. I'll just give you a little backstory. This dude is a shepherd on this video. It's not very good quality, so I apologize for the shaky um, camera movement. (coughs) Thanks. Yeah, there's this little tickle that's just like the whole time. I'm like, oh, go away. Anyways, so yeah, so he's a shepherd, and he's hand-reared these sheep, um, and this is amazing because he films what a hand reared sheep does with their shepherd. So, if you guys are ready over there, let's see if it works. Come on! Come on! Come on! Come on! They're doing it really good because why? I read them, myself, hand-read them. So there's the leaders gone through, followers aren't interested. Come on! Come on! That just shows you how leaders and followers are different. It's amazing. Um... You know to see that in action there's a little sheepies uh, It's a longer video than that. So I chopped a whole bunch of stuff out, but basically they were just in one field locked away, um, and he wanted to bring them into this other field to eat anyways, and he goes to the gate and he lets them through um, so they they go into the field where there's some green grass and um then he keeps going past this field, and as you could see, the followers followed him, but it's so incredible, and I was like in that moment, I was struck with this like, oh my gosh. We are like the sheep sometimes. You know, a lot of us are following after Jesus, and we are like those leaders, you know. And we are um, following his voice. And, and yes, there's these temptations around us. Oh, my gosh, look how good this grass is. It looks so yummy. But we keep going because we hear the voice of our our shepherd who has been there from the beginning. Um, And then there's the others, right? And I think we're guilty of being the followers sometimes as well. And... um, they find something they like, and then they stay, and they, they don't actually go forward. And I think sometimes we can be like that. We can, we can look at our circumstances and be like, okay, I need to protect this. I need to protect what I've got here. And and you hear the, come on, come on, of Jesus' voice, and you're looking, and you're like, nah, not moving. And, and people around you doing the same thing. And we start to camp around what was provision. We start to camp around that thing. Um, and it's almost like a challenge, I would say, is that are you allowing your circumstances or where you find yourself to be the source of your fulfillment? Or are you finding that in the voice of the shepherd? Um. Yeah, another thing I think could maybe be fear. You know, you're in this situation and you, you're you thinking, wow, finally, I'm finally somewhere where the grass is green. Like, oh, I'm too afraid to actually move forward because... I don't know if the shepherd is actually going to take me somewhere better than this. This is this is good. I want to stay here. And the, and the shepherd's voice is calling us. Sorry, it just comes at the worst times. Mid-sentence. Um, you know, and I think if we are allowing our circumstances to dictate where we go, we're, we're going to miss out on so much performance in our lives. Um, if I... You know, Danae and uh, Danae, my wife, who I didn't introduce at the beginning, I'm so sorry. She is the beautiful woman sitting in the front row. That's her twin brother, born 10 years apart. sure you've seen him as well um but if Danae and I got married where we got married in the states and we're like you know what it's actually comfortable here let's just stay in the states let's live down the road from her parents we'll find a little you know a little apartment or something and and this is where it's comfortable it's comfortable here there's provision the grass is green if we had done that we would have missed out on so much fulfillment because we knew that God was calling us to more and when we spoke about it I'm so thankful that that Danae is my wife, because she was like, no, I don't want to live in this little American bubble or this little suburban bubble. Um, You know, I don't want to live in that. not saying there's anything wrong with America. We'll probably live there one day. But she didn't want to live in a bubble of safety. She wanted to go where her faith was stretched. She wanted to follow after the voice of the shepherd. It was actually her idea. She was like, what about Dubai? And I was like, hmm, hmm, okay. Um, And we did. We've moved here. And And I can totally say, without a shadow of a doubt, that... When you follow after the voice of Jesus, he provides for you time and time again. And he doesn't just provide financially, he provides in every way. We left our families, a lot of you know what this feels like. We've left friends, we left our churches, we left our comforts, we left all that stuff because there was something greater. And that was the voice of of Jesus calling us.